Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella. So go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is so number 155. The That time Pac-Man Jones's mom told ESPN that Pac-Man really got his nickname for biting too hard on her nipple while breastfeeding of sodes. That's That sode title comes from me this week. That's a true story, by the way. And we're going to get back to y'all's submissions next week. So keep sending in those sode titles. By now, I'm sure you've noticed that Austin Huff is out this week. Yep, that's right. He's down in Mexico on vacation, taking it easy, taking a week off before our three-year anniversary next week. So I'll be driving the bus today, but I'm not going to be riding solo. A to Z's finest, Uncle Sam Phelan joins us this week. Sam, how are you doing? Man, Jack, I'm good. You know, I told you on the phone when you asked me, man, I'm I'm always good for the Tighten Up podcast. That is a uh, block out time on my schedule type of request right there. I love yes. hopping on love. Uh, yeah, just, I love the vibes. I love the vibes of this thing. This is a uh, positive vibes, good positive vibes. It's usually positive vibes this season. It's been, uh, it's been some sad vibes, especially down the, down the last half of the season, but it's, it's already kind of a uh, new year is coming. I believe the new year starts in March, the, the official, uh, 2023 season in the NFL. So, Hopefully positive things are on the horizon. I'm not sure that they are. And I know some of our listeners are, you know, a little pessimistic and rightfully so. But um, Sam and I, uh, Sam, you mentioned uh, your love for the Tighten Up podcast. We've grown close um, through a few of your interviews here and obviously through some of your work on the website. Sam and I are actually heading downtown on Saturday to do the Music City Polar Plunge with Buck Rising. Yep, that's that's going to be the crew. We're going to help raise money for a good cause. And um, yeah, that's because we're righteous. So this sode's going to be a fun one. AJ Brown went extremely in-depth on Raw Room this week, which is obviously hosted by Uncle Darren Bates. Uh, he got into his side of the trade. And Sam had some writing he actually just released before we went on air on Tuesday um, about that timeline of the interview and kind of AJ's play-by-play that he gave on how exactly his side of the trade went down. So it, I, I think it actually might have finally helped me move on from the situation i've said it before but you know i i think i might mean it this time but we'll get to that shortly also sam is going to give us his early impressions on Rand carthen sam's in the building every day down there and help us figure out our free agency tier some in-house free agent titans who should be prioritized over who sam's going to let us know about that um plus will ryan Tannehill start start week one for the titans we debate as Austin sits helplessly on a beach chair somewhere with Corona <laughs> dripping down from his beard. But before we get into all of that, which Corona, which Corona? <laughs> yeah. That's right? the real question. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he may not be back for our three year if he gets the wrong Corona. Not so, very, not very uh, yeah, quarantine of him there. No. Yeah, exactly. But before we get into all of that, I'm going to say a quick word about our friends at relax the back. The Relax the Back team sets out every day to help people in the Nashville area work better, live better, and feel better. If you're like me and you struggle with insomnia and posture issues, you're hunched over at your desk all day at work, Sam, you may relate to this as well, then you need to go check out Relax the Back because they've got a variety of chairs that will combat neck and back pain for those of us who are sitting all day at work, bent over, 
hunched over. Well, if you're like the Titans this season, you are bent over quite often. They've also got Technogel and Tempur-Pedic pillows and mattresses to help maximize your sleep every night. The Relax Back team is going to make sure you're waking up, feeling great, getting those eight hours of sleep every single day. So go check them out. They're located at 2020 Glenico Road in Nashville, Tennessee. It's right across the road from the Green Hills Regal Movie Theater over there in that little shopping center by Hillsborough High School. If you don't live in Nashville and you're unable to get there in person, don't worry about it. They'll ship whatever you want straight to you. So go visit them online at stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville. They've got tons of great stuff on there. Just go browse the site. You'll find something that you love and start feeling better today. When you go in and you see Glenn, CEO Glenn Word at Relax the Back, make sure to tell him that A to Z Sports sent you. With all that said, let's talk Titan. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Titan Up Podcast. Today it's February 22nd, 2023. It's also known as my birthday week. Sam, you know what birthday you're getting Birthday week. Yeah, do you, have a, do you have a present in mind? Yeah, I'll have to think about it. Wait, maybe uh, you, you teased it earlier. Maybe this little ice plunge, this polar plunge on Saturday. <laughs> You might be in line for a little bit of a, a A to Z Sports Uncle Sam Phelan birthday present. Okay, maybe. all right. I, I, look, I'll be waiting. You, you, you've teased me enough, so now, now you've made me expect something. But um, my Eddie George year, I'm heading into my Eddie George year on Sunday, turning 27, so I'm excited about that. But none of that's important, obviously. We, we teased the A.J. Brown stuff, which is important. His Raw Room interview, by the way, I've got to credit those guys over at Raw Room, Jalen Collins and Darren Bates. It is the most unique, I don't want to call it a Titans podcast because it's really all-encompassing, but it is one of the most unique listens that you can find, you know, in the podcast game in general, like not just in Nashville, but like throughout every single like channel of, of your podcast listening, Darren Bates tells it like it is. And he is the most unfiltered guy I think that I've ever heard on a podcast, which makes him great, which makes listening to his stories great, but they had AJ Brown on this week, and we had DB on here um, right after the trade went down, and he kind of broke it down for us because he's friends with AJ. Yeah, AJ goes on Darren Darren Bates' podcast, Raw Room, and uh, kind of peels back the curtain, says, "You know, here's how negotiations went." Gave us his side of the story. Said, "You, you know, he cried when he heard the news, and even when the Eagles called him to told him they had gotten him, when he was on the phone call with the Eagles coaches, he was still crying, like he was really torn up about it." And, uh, you know, I've kind of held some ill will towards A.J. Brown. I guess it's, you know, I went to Ole Miss. He went to Ole Miss. We graduated at the same time. And um, I guess I just wanted it to work out so badly. And Titans fans, uh, we, I mean, this team hasn't had a, an A.J. Brown type of receiver ever. I mean, D-Mace was great, but, he, you know, he he went on to, to, to uh, Baltimore. This, this could have been, A.J. Brown should have been a Titan for life and one of the elite talents uh, you know, in the NFL at his position, and it just it just didn't materialize. So, Sam, what were your initial thoughts on just that conversation he had with Darren Bates and those guys initially? Well, I think my initial reaction is what you said as well, which is credit to Darren Bates and Jalen Collins and the Raw Room guys because very appropriately titled podcast. Uh, yes. They 
they happen to get the raw, unfiltered peel behind the curtain, like you said, in, in just about every situation. And yeah, I kind of agree with you as well in, I think, hearing AJ's side of the story, the full, mostly unfiltered perspective that he had kind of going through the offseason leading up to it and then kind of what went down in the days leading up to the trade it does take away a little bit of the animosity that I think a lot of Titans fans have towards him when you understand his perspective towards everything and you start to see what he was seeing and and so the story that he told you kind of mentioned it was uh you know he had been negotiating with the Titans for you know, quite some time really since the season ended and the league year had begun and leading up to the draft, trying to figure out what the extension would look like uh, and his stance to his agent, to other teams, to the Titans was, I want to be a Tennessee Titan. And where AJ tells the story on the podcast begins just two days before the NFL draft at his daughter's birthday party, where he is talking with Eagles quarterback, Jalen Hurts, a good friend of his, and they kind of are, you know, guys talk, just kind of clowning around saying, you know, we should play together. That'd be that'd be great. And Jalen says, oh, I'm going to go tell Howie to trade for you. Howie being Eagles GM, Howie Roseman. And then you get kind of a, a very fast moving two days. Like, that's the other thing to keep in mind here, Jack. This happened in less than two days from like him joking around with his buddy saying oh yeah that'd be wouldn't that be funny if if uh if the eagles <laughs> traded for me to being traded to the philadelphia eagles and having to make decisions on his future when he had assumed the whole time that he would wind up being a tennessee titan for life so i think that's where i would start is understanding how quickly it moved from his initial conversation with jalen hurts to the deal actually coming to fruition on draft night and some of this we know, right? Like we knew that the Titans came in low and we also knew, and AJ Brown admitted that he came in really high, but he was just like, man, that's just how negotiations start. Like you come in crazy high, they come in crazy low. You hope to meet in the middle where both teams are, you know, both parties are are happy at the end of it. It's, it's mutually, mutually beneficial. Yeah. And he says too, right? Like, so, and another thing we know is AJ cut off communication with the Titans at one point in time. It's something that the Titans have said that has been, you know, out there publicly that they didn't feel he negotiated in good faith, that he cut mm -hmm. off negotiations. And that's something that he addressed on the podcast too, of saying you go for so long and the Titans, according to his recount were not budging they were not negotiating they were not coming up from their number which was 16 million dollars up to 20 million per year in incentives and he goes to his agent and says what do i do like this is what i pay you for to help help lead me down the situation what do we do and his agent said stop talking to him and that is when aj cut off communication from the team he did say though he had he was talking to somebody within the building it just wasn't Mike Vrabel or John Robinson, but he was he was communicating with someone in the building. So kind of interesting. Yeah, and, and Tory Dandy, his agent with CAA Sports, is also he he also represents DK Metcalf and Debo Samuel, who kind of both you know publicly voiced their discontent with their contract negotiations. They wanted this amount of money, uh, they wanted this this many years, and they wanted it you know obviously within a reasonable amount of time. And I think what rubs Titans fans the wrong way about how those negotiations went was 
that it was still late April when all of this was going down, right? You still have May, June, July, and even August. I don't think a Titans fan or anybody on that staff on that team would have given a damn if he were to miss every single training camp practice. As long as he played week one, nothing would have mattered. But it just, it just felt like that the you know I don't know I don't know who is to blame here. Obviously, John Robinson's fired. AJ Brown's gone. So you know both both sides are kind of out of the mix now. But just felt like they threw in the towel a little early on those negotiations. And he also mentioned to to the raw room guys that you know he'd never gone through negotiations before. Like he was playing he was playing on a rookie deal. He majorly outperformed you know his value on that deal. And keep in mind, he was a second round draft pick too. So he wasn't even getting first round rookie money. Um, but he hadn't gone through that. So he turns to Dandy, who kind of a slimy character in all this, in my opinion. And he's like, you know what to do, man. You got you to gotta lead me. I got to follow your, I got to follow your lead here. That's what I hired you for. And he said, all right, cut them off, cut the Titans off. And right after they, right, right after he cut the Titans off, I mean, everything kind of fell apart, like immediately, like there was no that bridge was essentially burned. There wasn't, you know, it wasn't a bandaid that you could pull off and, you know, and it all be healed after that, that ruined everything. And I think, you know, he, he goes on to say that the Eagles weren't the only team interested in him. You know, he had heard that the Kansas city chiefs and the New York jets made calls about him. Obviously, I don't know if they didn't have the, you know, the salary cap space to sign him to that huge contract or they couldn't meet the Titans demands. But could you imagine if A.J. Brown had wound up a Kansas City Chief? I mean, that's got to be a cheat code, right? Travis Kelsey, you get rid of Tyree Kill, but then you bring in A.J. Brown for Patrick Mahomes. That would be that also feels a little weird because, I mean, you did just trade Tyree Kill to not negotiate the contract. So then trading for A.J. Brown to negotiate the contract would be a little yeah. bit backwards. But yeah, I, I mean, I, the sense that I got to Jack was there was just like a lot of regret from both sides like yeah obviously the Titans wish things would have worked out a little bit differently because they saw the way their season played out and the way their wide receiver core looked and uh you get the sense AJ wishes things would have worked out differently and that we heard as much from Jalen Hurts as recently as two weeks ago when he says I know that you know he wishes he was a Titan for life that uh you know as his friend I can tell you that um but it was two sides who maybe AJ didn't realize how fast things were going to move and what cutting off the Titans was going to do for his relationship with them. And then you get the Titans side of things where maybe they didn't realize how much not budging early on in negotiations would actually push AJ away and how quickly he would, you know, look for a better option. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's kind of what happens when you have a dude and in his, it was probably, what, 23 or 24 years old and with $100 million on the line. I mean, the guy wants his money. He wants to feed his family. He mentioned that a handful of times. like, And and he said that, you know, his relationship with Mike Rabel was so strong and that, like, he he felt like that not, that, not that Rabel gave up on him, but he felt like the Titans were telling him one thing and then going and doing another in negotiations. And... It, that kind of I, I I can see how it created like a, a bitterness when the two sides parted. AJ said that like, you know, he was he was mad at Rabel because they'd become so close. He had helped him get through, you know, these dark times that he had had early on in his career. And he he went on to say that, you know, he, he's kind of matured and realized that maybe Mike Vrabel, what he was doing all along was helping him achieve his goals, helping him get enough money to, you know, feed his family. Not and I know that people are going to be listening saying, 
well, what's the difference between 22 million and 25 million a year? It, but it, I mean, it, it, the difference is the Titans now are running their offense around Traylon Burks and Robert Woods last year. Who knows if he'll be back this year? We'll talk about that in a little bit, but it's it's just like three million dollars that I knew the Titans could have coughed up because they've spent three million dollars in much more idiotic ways um, than than retaining you know maybe the most talented receiver to ever come through these walls not maybe like definitely the most talented receiver to ever walk the streets of Nashville um, but uh, it's it's it, it it took me that podcast because. When AJ Brown does these interviews and he does these other stuff, you know, these radio shows and other podcasts, he does them with people he's not comfortable with. You know, he's probably got his guard up. That wasn't the case on Raw Room. Like he was, no. he was AJ Brown, like he was himself. And when he said, when he was like, he admitted, he was like, I was torn up. Like I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Like I, I wanted to be a Titan. He said, I didn't even care if the team was bad. I wanted to be a Titan. I wanted to, you know, he said it had to do with his daughter, staying close to his daughter. And uh, it's just, I think that that, it, that was kind of what pushed me over the edge. Said, you know what? I, I, I can't still be mad at A.J. Brown for this. It seems like the Titans really botched this thing. And, you know, A.J. Brown, at the end of the day, like, I just thought he wanted to go play with his buddy Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia, who has, by the way, maybe the most stacked roster in the NFL. Like, that'll probably work out well for him. And I'm upset because it's a better environment than what he had in Tennessee. But... I uh, just when you get to hear it and you guys will have to listen to it. I, I I'm not going to plug any, any of the, the sound bites in here. It's just, it's, it's like six minutes of just gold. And I mean, just openness and honesty. I, I just think that this helps me finally move on from him. And I know that you're not attached to him. Like I am because you, you, you're from Chicago. You came here, you, you Lipscomb in college and, yeah. uh, and, and you've been covering the team for a year now, but it's just uh, there was something about AJ Brown that I thought that I would never be able to get over because it was almost too perfect of a match. But I, I think that his comments on this podcast did it for me. I think I'm I think I'm good. Uh, that's why I'm wearing my AJ Brown hang tin hat right now. This is what everybody needed. This is what everybody needed to uh, uh, finally l- move on to the Traylon Burks era in Nashville, except the fact that AJ is a Philadelphia Eagle and probably will be for a long time and uh, just kind of move forward with the next generation of Titans football. Uh, But I do think you needed the details of this to kind of get the full closure. So I I don't think that that is, uh, I don't think that's unreasonable from you because there was just so much that wasn't out there. But as you mentioned, this was unfiltered AJ, no reason not to believe some of this. And the Titans might feel some way about what he said. They might have a different perspective on it, but I think you're starting to see where the disconnect was between the two sides. And that's really all that you, uh, all that you need to finally reach this final stage of grief. You're at, you finally hit acceptance, Jack. You, exactly. you, <laughs> Austin talks about it all the time. It's like anger. I mean, there are definitely multiple steps of grief you have to go through to kind of get over the hump, but not that, not that I'm still not mad about this situation, which I am. And I blame John Robinson and I, but, but the character that I come out the most pissed at is his agent, Tori Dandy. AJ Brown was a young, impressionable kid, man. He let him. He, 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 I don't see. Uh, I mean, I would disagree with you there. I don't think that's fair because Tory Dandy, at the end of the day, did his job. Whether he led AJ that way, whether he's the reason he's not a Titan, Tory Dandy's job is to get the most money for AJ Brown possible. And Howie Roseman and the Eagles were always going to give more money than the than the Titans were because the Titans were 
obsessed with value. John Robinson was obsessed with value and getting bang for his buck. So could the Titans have come up to $20, $22 million and, and, you know, brought A.J. Brown back? Yes. What was best for his client in that time? Probably the Eagles. And as you mentioned, the loaded roster and the Super Bowl trips and the opportunity to play in a an offense that targets him. That was something else AJ brought up was like, you don't disrespect me. I play behind Derrick Henry who gets the ball 30 times a game. I can go off too. If I'm prioritized now, he's on a team that does and pays him like it. So maybe you don't like the way he maneuvered, but Tory Dandy did his job. He (laughs) did his job. I mean, he got his client paid. There's no doubt about it. AJ Brown definitely Definitely gets to feed his his family now uh, if he couldn't before. But um, the other the other side of this, and we'll move on from this topic here in a second. But for Jalen Hurts after the season that he had, like Jalen Hurts after last season wasn't the Jalen Hurts we're talking about now. So for him to go up to Howie Roseman and say, "What do you think about AJ?" and then Howie Roseman's like, "You sure about this? That that's a guy that you're serious about?" and Jalen Hurts is like. Yeah, I mean, why not? Like, let's try it. Let's see if they let's see if they bite. And then Howie Roseman to do it to not just consider it, but he said he, AJ Brown said he slept on it, and he woke up and he picked up the phone and started dealing. I, I mean, have the Titans ever had a player who can just walk up to the GM and just say, you know what, I want to bring this guy in? And maybe maybe that doesn't always work, right? You should GM shouldn't always let the players dictate, you know, who to bring in and who not. There's a lot of stuff that the players simply just don't know about roster construction. But the trust between Howie Roseman and Jalen Hurts right there, that is something that I want to have in Tennessee. I want to have a guy at quarterback that, that the GM can go to say, who do you need? Who do you need? I'll get him to you. Just tell me who you need. That, that was an incredible part of that story. Yeah, that's a new age idea. So, I mean, like, that that's something that we see in sports now. The more players have been prioritized across most major sports leagues, specifically the NBA and the NFL. Um where it's like, how can we get you help? And who do you work best? Well, like work best with. So uh, yeah, that's the sign of a team kind of handling a young quarterback that they are committing to the right way. You commit to Jalen Hurts, you commit to Jalen Hurts all the way by going and getting a player that will not only help him on the field for obvious reasons, because he's a weapon and a wide receiver, but also a friend of his that will help him in the locker room that he has good chemistry with. Like, that's a note. If your team's around the league right now, trying to develop a young QB, you take notes on what works, what doesn't work. And whoever your guy wants move heaven and earth to go get him. That I think that is, is the takeaway. It's uh, that's exactly right. And it's not just football. Like I feel like all uh, like every, it's hard to run a team, right? Whether that's in pro sports, whether that's baseball, basketball, football, hockey, but I feel like the best the best front offices are willing to put their pride aside and say, how can I help you? Like, is there something that I'm missing? Who do you, uh, like, what type of player do you want? Do you, offensive line or running back? Like, what do we need more? Like, a, a guy that's, uh, or a front office that's just willing to ask those questions instead of, you know what, it's my way or the highway. And I'm not saying that John Robinson was that way, but I'm hoping that Rand Carthon, who, you know, you know better than I, is that way. What are your impressions on, on Carthon so far? Well, I mean, for starters that my way or the highway is not something that is in the vocabulary of Rand Carthon. I think you can, 
you can get that sense just from hearing him speak. Uh, the biggest thing that he has prioritized, the word that he has used, the word that the Titans should just put up on the damn building at this point is collaboration, because that is all what this uh, this new era is about. This post John Robinson era, this uh, Amy Adams Strunk recommitting to Mike Vrabel and committing to building the Titans back up. Uh, it's about collaboration. You see that in ran and Mike going down to the senior bowl, traveling together to go scout players to him saying, I don't want to bring in talent. I want to bring Mike the right talent for what he wants to run. It doesn't matter if I just get him talent, if it's not the right talent. And to him saying too, nobody is going to have final say over this roster. There is nobody outside of the ownership that is, the head honcho when it comes to these player personnel decisions, they're wanting to do this together. Uh, I like what he did hiring Chad Brinker from the green Bay Packers to be the assistant GM. Another guy, by the way, Jack, that was a free agent, undrafted free agent running back uh, in the NFL for a year, just like ran was a former player, just like Mike was. And ran has said at length about how us former players, we just kind of see the game the same way. We have a different appreciation and a different value for the game. Also worth noting, who was the GM in San Francisco that ran learned under John Lynch, another former player. So like, this is how he likes to do things. uh, And and this collaborative atmosphere has been contagious around the building ever since Rand was hired. Um, and, And it's all positive vibes. You know, you have to give him a chance here and he's in for really a whale of an off season and a huge offseason for the direction of this franchise. But uh, I think so far, if you were to poll Titans fans, you're confident in the guy that you've got leading this charge. And that is a step in the right direction at the very least. Quickly, before we get to ranking these, you know, in-house free agents on on who to keep, who to get rid of, um, you know, what guys could be 50-50, can you tell us a little bit about uh, Brinker? You know, I, I find it interesting that he made that decision to go out and hire an assistant GM like that. I mean, because it's it's his first opportunity in the in the GM seat. Like, I, it's not unreasonable to think a guy getting his first true opportunity in that in that office, you know, kind of wants to do it his way. But he's saying, you know what, it's it's not bad to have help. Like, because I feel like Rand Carthen was Brinker in San Francisco, and he knows how important that you know maybe having a, a right hand man is. What what yeah, what can no, you tell I, us about Brinker? Well, in some ways, yeah. And Chad Brinker is a guy that has a very, very similar background to Rand. Like I said, he is a former NFL running back, was a free agent, didn't even really stick in the league for longer than a year and immediately turned to his corporate career, quickly got back into the league as a scout and for a while now has handled most of the salary cap for the Green Bay Packers. So uh, if you were to ask Packers fans, they have done an excellent job over the past few years, kind of finding a way to dip and dive under the cap, despite having a large cap hit on their quarterback and having the, the, you know, everything <laughs> that's going on with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. In Bay. Uh, but Chad Brinker has been a guy that they've really turned a lot of their financial operations over to, uh, but he has a diverse background, both as a scout, both in player personnel, and then on the financial side of things. So you bring him into a front office now with Rand Carthon, who's been heavily scouting player personnel, pro personnel, 
finding the right talent. And now you add a financial guy that has a good feel of how we can make this work, fit it under the cap and get the best value. Um, It's a nice complimentary hire. And by all accounts, somebody who is due for a general manager position soon. I'm I'm not sure Chad Brinker is going to be in Tennessee long, because if you go on any list of 30 GM candidates that are up and coming, he's on just about all of them right next to Chad Brinker, right next to Ryan Cowden and Monty Ossenfort before he was hired this year. Yeah. And Ossenfort and Cowden also were interviewed like for the past two seasons in like under John Robinson, like they, they had, they had plenty of interest as well. I feel like, you know, Brinker came in for his interview and and the Titans were like, all right, you got to let me know what's the secret in green Bay. And he goes, Oh, that's easy. Just don't pay your receivers. And they're like, Oh, this is the perfect guy. Yeah. I love this guy. Our type of guy right here. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We've got about 10 minutes left, so we'll quickly move on. Sam, we're going to rank, we're we're going to rank in tiers, the Titans free agents, you know, the in-house guys, there's, there's a lot of talk about some of them leaving some of the big named higher paid guys like, you know, Bud Dupree, Robert Woods, all those guys, but let's start here. And you have the list. We're going to rank them in three different tiers. We're going to, we're going to name the top guys, the top priority guys. And then we're going to do Sam's choice. The, the guys in the middle, you know, the, the 50, 50 guys, but I want you to make a choice on who to keep and who to let go of. And then obviously the third tier, um, it was a good run. You know, don't let the door hit you on the way out. We had fun with you, but it's time to part ways. Let's start with, uh, quickly here, Taylor Lewan. Wow, you started with a complicated one because I have Taylor Lewan in between two tiers. I think he is a keep guy that you want to bring back, but it was a good run on your current contract. I mean, there's no question mm. the Titans need to cut Taylor Lewan uh, and you know clear $15 million of cap space that they would free up from cutting him really in the next few weeks here. But Taylor has also said he's open to a return to the Titans. Uh, If he decides to keep playing football, he wants to be a Tennessee Titan. What's in store for him in the future? We don't know, but I would like to see him back on a more team-friendly deal that clears up some more money because they don't make veteran left tackles like that just willy-nilly on the free agent market, especially not on team-friendly deals, and you need all the help on the offensive line you can get. So just looking at this list, are there any other dudes here? Because there's a lot of them. But are, are, let's let's quickly go through the top guys, the guys that absolutely have to be back. Yeah, so I think three guys. I added a fourth one because I think their top priority needs to be Jeffrey Simmons, uh, but obviously not at risk of being gone unless, you know, everything kind of hits the fan here over this offseason. But Derrick Henry, Tier Tart, and David Long are the three that I put in the kind of need to be back. Uh, Those are three guys that I feel like are big pieces of what you're trying to do. They they have some some longevity to to be good for the next few years. Derrick Henry, I do have coming back on a redone contract. If you can work that out to once again lower his cap hit, I think that would be the ideal scenario. But I think those three are at the top of the group for me. Pierre Tart, this might be, and I do hope I'm with you. I, I agree with all of those. Not necessarily free agents, but just dudes that the Titans will have to make a decision on. I think that this could be the last year that Pierre Tart just kind of flies under the radar, right? You can get a lot of bl- a lot of bang for your buck this season with Pierre Tart, but if he does what he did last season again, 
then he's going to cost some serious cash. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think he broke out this past season. You're kind of like, all right, is this just one breakout season? Is this for real? He doubles up on it again in 2023. And yeah, I agree. Tier Tart is no longer a, a low key, like hidden gem on your roster. He's somebody that's due for a payday. He was pro football focuses, most improved Titan this year. I actually did a story about it. You can check it out at a to Z sports. Next, we'll go through the the guys that you, you're, you're just ready to move on from. And, and I feel like some of these guys are going to be the bigger names. Well, I think three of them are slam dunks here. It's, it's Bud Dupree, Zach Cunningham, and Robert Woods. I, I think those three are cut and dry. Woods maybe less so than the other two. But when you look at the cap situation, you look at the money uh, that the Titans are going to need to free up, not only to get under the cap, but also to give themselves some wiggle room to make some tweaks and changes and improvements to this roster. Dupree, Cunningham, and Woods. Uh, just Woods is not worth the money that he's being paid. These other two guys can't stay on the field with any regularity. Uh, I, I don't think either of them are necessities at this point. Dupree, you mentioned Tier Tart, Rashad Weaver, uh, Harold Landry III coming back, Jeffrey Simmons, Danico Autry. Like these are they're fine on the defensive line. You can't pay Bud Dupree $20 million. I move on from all three of those guys uh, pretty, pretty for sure. Who guys that you haven't mentioned yet? I want to go over quickly. Nate Davis, Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper was one. Of, I thought Austin Hooper was one of the more reliable pass catchers the Titans had last year. His numbers aren't going to tell you that. But I, I liked Austin Hooper, and I was very critical of him early in the season. I think he really, really turned it on once he started getting some chemistry with Ryan Tannehill. Like you said, reliable third down pass catcher as well. Him and Chigakonkwo both did a nice job being two of those guys that just picked up the, some of those critical have-to-have-it catches for the Titans. Uh, I liked what he brought to the table. He can do both in line and out wide if you need him to. Uh, some balance. And if you want to run 12 personnel, Austin Hooper's not a bad guy to bring back on another one-year deal. Nate Davis is the last one. I mean, is he going to cost a lot of money? I feel like yeah. teams are willing going to be willing to pay the guy. And as a Titans fan, that's I, I don't well, want to get in me. that bidding war. That's what it is for me too. Nate Davis is somebody you would love to have back who would be nice to keep. I have him in the nice to keep tier but I think somebody's going to overpay for him and the Titans are not going to play in that swimming pool when it comes to a guy that, you know, has also had issues staying on the field sometimes. True. And you have more than one offensive line spot to fill and an interior offensive lineman for what he's going to cost is not probably what they're looking to do at this point. We're going to have all off season to get into that. And, you know, I feel like we're going to have some clarity here in a week or two on which guys the Titans are really keying in on. But let me get to BetMGM first. Download BetMGM if you haven't already. Use code A to Z Sports and get a risk-free bonus bet up to $1,000. If that bet doesn't hit, don't worry about it. You'll still have the money you came in with. But that's extra money BetMGM wants to give you as long as you use code ATOZ for that bonus bet up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, Tennessee only, new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. First, online real money wager only. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789. All right, Sam, only a few minutes left. Austin's gone, so we can talk Tannehill. We can say whatever we want and face no repercussions. 
So I'm going to ask you, is Ryan Tannehill the week one starter for Tennessee? Gone to my head. Yeah. Is that simply because you don't know the other options? Well, I think so. I have three questions written down, and these are the three questions that I continue to pose when anybody brings up the Ryan Tannehill situation, because these are the three questions the Titans need to ask themselves. Number one, can you win a Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback? Number two, is there a quarterback on the trade or free agent market that is Mm. both realistic to acquire and a significant upgrade? And number three, who is your ideal quarterback in three to four years? And how do you position your franchise to best acquire that player? I think Mm. if you're being honest, the answer is yes to a Super Bowl if everything else is perfect. I totally agree. And there's going to be people that just flipped out in their car. But I totally agree. I think it's yes if everything else is perfect. I I don't think you need it. It's hard. It's hard. It's very challenging, but it's not impossible. Number two, is there a QB on the trade free agent market that is realistic and a significant upgrade? I would say no, because I don't think Derek Carr is a significant upgrade. And I don't think Aaron Rodgers is realistic when you factor in what he will cost you moving forward. And the fact that you likely have to give up a first round pick to acquire him and the holes that you have elsewhere. So no, yeah. I don't think there is a, a guy like that out there. And if I asked you a Titans fan, or if I asked Mike Vrabel or a Titans general manager, who is your ideal quarterback in three to four years, you'd probably say somebody that isn't in the NFL right now. I would because say Caleb Williams from USC. Caleb Williams, Drake may somebody in the class of 2024 or 25 or whatever. The problem it's is not somebody game. in the league today So if you're trying to position yourself to get that guy, you're better off running it back with Ryan Tannehill and moving heaven and earth to go get them later. Yeah. The problem with Caleb Williams is you're going to have to probably be really, really, really bad this year in order to have a chance to get Caleb Williams next year. That much is probably true. (laughs) And who knows what Rand Carthon's thinking up there. I mean, he could have his eyes on the future, but it's hard with Vrabel. A stat came out today. Mike Vrabel has been the head coach of the Tennessee Titans for 82 games. They've been in playoff contention for each and every one of those 82 games. It's the Mike he, he wants effect. to win. It's a Mike Vrabel effect, man. How do you, you rebuild have to make under a move, that? You have to make a move to get a quarterback eventually. So if you're not going to do it in free agency or a trade for one of these veterans, you have to be willing to move in the draft to go get the guy when the time is right. Well, that leaves us with, with, with you know an interesting question, and I want to ask it to you is, is it worth moving off Tannehill? Because, I mean, you save a lot of money, but at the end of the day, you, you're you playing in the NFL. you got to put a guy back there who's capable of winning games. I mean, when you're that competitive, when, when Rabel is at the helm, you're playing for the playoffs. Like, that's that's the end of the story. That's all we've known Mike Rabel to do since he was hired in Tennessee. So, is it worth parting with Tannehill? I know that your, you know, one of your big questions was you got to have a reasonable upgrade, a realistic one. And right now it's not out there. I mean, you sure. If Brock Purdy doesn't blow out his elbow, I think that that's a whole different conversation, right? I mean, because I mean, now, now it's probably Trey Lance in San Francisco. If they're not, if they're moving off Jimmy G and Jimmy G Austin Huff said it, he's just Ryan Tannehill with a different name and a different type of girl that he likes to date. Oh goodness. Okay. Um, 
I, I do think it like the problem with moving off of Tannehill is kind of what we talked about, which is number one, Mike Vrabel likes to win. Uh, and, and I don't believe there's a significant upgrade out there. I don't know how they grade or assess Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, et cetera, et cetera. But those guys are in high demand right now. But the problem with moving off of Tannehill, if you don't have a great upgrade out there, is it, it puts you in a very, very uncomfortable spot in your competitive window, which it's not as easy as let Tannehill walk, start Malik Willis, be willing to be bad, and then draft Caleb Williams. Because you have pieces that are not lined up with that sort of rebuild mentality. You have yeah. a potential contract extension coming for Jeffrey Simmons. You have veterans in Kevin Byard and Derrick Henry that have been with your franchise for a long period of time. And I'm sure they do not look forward to going three and 14 right now, no. regardless of how, uh, how much they want to be in Tennessee. So you have to be in one way or another, in my opinion, at least like you have to be willing to go to the rebuild and to walking away from Tannehill and trying to do one of these flash in the pan, draft the top guy available, have all the cap space, reset it type of rebuilds, or you have to, ride with Tannehill or another veteran on the market and try and milk every last bit of this window that you can. That's the tough part because you, you either want to be really, really good or really, really bad. All the other teams, there's probably 10, and there's a big chunk of them. There's 10 teams probably right there in the middle. They're in purgatory. There's, they don't know where they're going to go. I mean, they, they've, got to, they've got to commit to one way or another. And for the Titans, it just seems so hard to blow it up. You've got to – when healthy, you've probably got one of the best defensive lines in football, at least one of the top rush defenses in football. I mean, the secondary is young. Like, they're not going anywhere. Kevin Byard, though, I mean, your stars, Derrick Henry and Kevin Byard, they're not getting any younger. So, right. Well, so, right. So, it's like, what do you do there? What does a Titans, quote, unquote, rebuild look like, right? Is it trade Derrick Henry and trade Kevin Byard and trade oh, maybe Lord. Jeffrey Simmons and get a bunch of picks and then <laughs> – you're building around next year's quarterback with Ryan with uh, sorry, Traylon Burks and Chigakonkwo and whatever young offensive lineman you draft this year. And, and is that the direction you go? Is it trying to keep these guys around for the next quarterback? But then how do you get to that top three pick to go get the guy? Like we mentioned, it's just a very weird middle ground where if I was betting I, I would bet on Mike Vrabel trying to be as competitive as possible and sticking with what he knows, which we have seen him do time and time again. And we will probably see him do in 2023 with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. In my opinion, the only way the Titans are going to be picking at the top of the draft and by the top, I mean, you know, the top three to five picks is if they trade up and go get that, go get that pick. Like, I, I just don't see the Titans under Mike Vrabel being one of the worst five teams in football, especially in the AFC South. Yeah, no, but are you in a, are you in a position right now to do it? Like, I, I don't think you're in a position to do it for Bryce Young, even though the Bears are vocal, or I guess not vocal, but seems to be a consensus that they are moving out of that number they're one They're trading that pick. thing, and they're getting a like, haul for it. So, so, like, if they're moving the pick, is then now the year to do it? Do you feel good enough about Bryce Young to do it? You have, keep in mind, maybe four offensive line starters to replace. And you God. still need, if you're cutting Robert Woods, a number two wide receiver and a number three wide receiver, 
to pair with Traylon Burke. So like there are needs on this roster that I don't see the Titans being in a position to be like, well, we'll give you our first, our second and our first next year and our second next year to go get a quarterback. It's a tough position. My thing is with the veteran quarterbacks is there's what four, there's four rookie quarterbacks that could potentially start next year. You got Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis, and I have my doubts about Will Levis. And then Anthony Richardson, I think, is a guy that, you know, is, is rising throughout the draft process. And Tennessee fans will tell you Anthony Richardson is a real damn deal. So as time goes on this offseason, and, and, you know, we, we saw it happen with Jadavian Clowney just for a Titans example, but these veterans that hang out in the free agency pool for a little too long, their value depreciates and they become more affordable. But are they going to be able to – are they, are they at the end of the day, if you decide to move on from Tannehill, which you say, what about $20 million? Is it going to be worth it to fill that 20 million with a guy who's just as talented, but coming into a completely new system, like with a, with a totally different coaching staff, it just seems like a step back to me. Well, I, yeah. I mean, it's a lateral move and you want to move forward and, and like is Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, these names that are being floated out as quarterback options are any of them, the upgrade, the other issue too, you probably have to overpay, like whether mm-hmm. it's a trade, whether it's a free agent. I mean, you're talking about 10 teams that need a quarterback right now, like Golly. solid, solid 10. You could go up to 12 to 14, in my opinion, of teams that don't know who their quarterback is going to be next year or feel like they could use one. So now you're talking about, you know, it's not as easy as saying, okay, let's go get Derek Carr. It's how do we get Derek Carr for a price that keeps us under the salary cap and also outbids the Saints, Panthers, Falcons, Jets, and whoever else is interested in bringing Derek Carr aboard. Picking 11th sounds great, but not when there's six to seven teams that need a quarterback in front of you. Well, that's the other deal about trading for number one, like, the Bears might only get a f- one or two first rounders and a second rounder from somebody like the Indianapolis Colts at number four. You might, and I, I've said this, and I, I think this is true. I think you have to trade Jeffrey Simmons to go to number one. Ah, man, dude, I, there would be riots in Nashville. That, that can't there, And rightfully so, which is why I don't think it, it's a fit. But like, what do the Bears value right now? It's picks. And being able to stay in that top four to draft Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. So if they're looking for an elite defensive player, they have all the cap space. That would be something I could see them asking for. If they're at, if you're asking them to drop back 10 selections out of the top 10 and give you number one overall, like that is a steep, steep price. You know, what's crazy about the bears, First, I, I can't remember a team who's had this much control with the number one pick in the draft. They can trade it back twice. They can trade back to two for the Texans and then, you know, dangle it in front of the Colts. So the Colts hop from four to two to get their quarterback. I mean, they, they can do so much with it. And I think you've said it. The price is too high for the Titans this draft, even though the team at the top is willing to trade. The, 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 the number is too high. Well, it's six teams in front of you, like you mentioned, that are also interested in going to get it. So you have to outbid the other teams to make the move. And you have the least to give, at least in the immediate return of this year's draft pick. So, yeah, quarterback, Rand Carthon is really in the deep end here because he walked into a situation. I, I 
I guess it's why you want to be a general manager. These types of like getting to enact your will and, and create something and start building something. But he is not given a great foundation to work with right now. Uh, and he's got, got, got to pick up the pieces and figure out what he's got. Oh, so you want to be a GM? Well, here you go, Rand. Have fun with it, man. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Sam, thanks for stepping in, um, stepping up when we needed you to. The Tighten Up Pod will be forever indebted to you. Um, you joined a very slim cast of fill-in hosts. I believe it's just you and Luke Worsham. Luke Worsham, Luke Worsham, who was your predecessor, by the way. He um, was. But it was. I, I think we had some good conversations here. The A.J. Brown stuff's going to fascinate me. That's something that if Titans fans haven't listened to yet this week, Make it a make it a make it something that you go out and listen to after this podcast, of course. Darren Bates does a great job. You're never gonna get an interview like that anywhere else. So go check out the raw room this week. Sam, you're doing a great job. You're killing it as always. A to Z, uh, as, as a great Titans beat writer on their hands. And for those of you who aren't who haven't read Sam's work yet, he's got some great stuff out. I mean, we're we're in the Austin and I talk about it. We're in the, we're approaching the content desert. Like there's not a whole lot to talk about. But you somehow, some way, every day come up with like three or four different ideas that are all published on A to Z sports.com. Our listeners have to check that out. Give Sam a follow on Twitter if you haven't already. Sam, what's your Twitter handle? It's Sam underscore Phelan. That's P-H-A-L-E-N. Not with an F, not like Jimmy Fallon. The, the P-H. We're a uh, little the phallic that way. Yeah. yeah the, the, the phallic man. All right. Yeah, Sam, get Sam. that a lot. Get that a lot. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's an Austin joke. All right. Follow Sam Phelan on Twitter. Follow myself. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. Most importantly, follow the Tighten Up podcast. Tighten Up pod on Twitter. Tighten Up podcast on Instagram. Send those so titles in. Austin's going to get back in the seat next week, and he's going to go through a lot of your requests. So um, if you got anything crazy, if you got anything funny, if you got anything relatable, send it our way. Tweet it at us. And um, also give Austin a hard time for skipping out this week. Um, vacations are unacceptable at this point in the season. It's three. It's it's twenty four seven three sixty five. Sam, you get it. Yeah, no, I mean this is grind hour right here. This is when you know you don't want to miss a beat in the middle of February. <laughs> like that, turn around, you blink, and like three things happen. You can't miss the news cycle. That we don't take vacations. That's right. No, there's no vacations. But Austin Huff, he's. He's a he's a privileged man. Um, but anyways, definitely listen to Raw Room. Definitely follow Sam on Twitter. Sam, thanks so much for hosting with me. And um, until next week, tighten up. They used to be the Oilers a long, long time ago when they played in the Houston Astrodome. They've gone from being spoilers to starting six and zero oh since they moved to Tennessee. Had a music city miracle to conquer Buffalo. Then they came within a yard of winning in the Super Bowl. They've had the same head coach leading all the way. That's one of many reasons that I'm loving how they play. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans. They'll keep on fighting all the way. Titan.